0: Welcome to Starman's Podcast.
1: Stop.
0: This is a lit episode. No, stop. I'm fucking lit right no. now. I'm actually lit right now. Stop. That one shot just fucked me up.
1: All right, well, we're, we're this is it. Did you already sound check everything? Oh, yeah. We're, oh, we're in. We're gooch. We're, in. we're fucking gooch. You can listen to Rowan Heavy Pants. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah, we're screwed. Sorry, guys. Mm-hmm. And apologies in advance for waiting two weeks to give you this part two. Yeah. I kind of changed my entire fucking life, so. Yeah. Two fucking weeks. And then I just came back from, like, I don't know, a big backpacking trip I do every year. So that was yeah. fun.
0: <clears throat> we have a life outside of this podcast, in case you were wondering. Correct. So A um, pretty
1: dope life. It's pretty awesome. It's all right. Incl- oh, Jesus. <laughs> including dogs. Yeah, and, so um, what yeah. are we
0: what are we talking about? Part two of the Tohoku
1: part two, yes
0: meltdown disaster, okay. catastrophe. Nope. Well, you will. Mm, yep. You sure. are loud breathing. What is with you? I know. The...
1: <gasps> oh <my God>. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's our six month old puppy. So he'll you guys. Well, you guys know the dogs. He's huge now. He's only like 70 pounds. Yeah, if you, if
0: you look at the Instagram, I think I posted a picture of you. Anyway. Me holding
1: him literally when he was a he baby. Was tiny. And literally when I hold him, he is the length of my body. So if that can give you a good visual.
0: I hate green apple. Why did you do this to me? Oh my
1: God. Here All we my
0: burps taste like green apple. Jesus
1: Christ. So you have to do an end of backpacking trip or snowshoe trip shot, and you have to do a mountaintop shot. So. I forgot to do it with my sister. Sorry, Danielle, because I know you're going to listen to this. So I did it with Tony.
0: I took your shot for you, Danielle. You're, you're welcome.
1: You're welcome. I,
0: I really, you owe me one after this.
1: <laughs> she'll listen. She'll say hi. And if you haven't, go check out her Etsy. Actually, I'm, I keep meaning to shout Danielle out, but she is a pretty pop- Danielle? Danielle. She's a pretty popular <laughs> cosplayer. Le- actually, what? legend of Larcy now.
0: Legend of Larcy? Legend
1: of Larcy. I thought it was
0: League of Larcy. She
1: was League, now she's Legend. She's actually been featured in a ton of magazines. She's in Joann's. Oh, yeah, oh, she's shit. really fucking doing it.
0: On Etsy.com? She's now she's under-
1: on Etsy, and she sells a lot of her stuff she hand makes, and she's going to be releasing a new line of pillows soon. Some succulent stuff, which is really cool, because if you go into, like, if you kind of like the earthy shit like I do, you go to buy, like, a succulent pillow, they're, like, 90 to mm-hmm. to $100 anywhere. And she's probably going to be releasing like some large ones for like fifty to sixty bucks that are handmade.
0: Okay, so it's it's actually League of Larcy, all one word on Etsy.
1: Yes, she and then she switched it to Legend of Larcy at some point, but her Etsy is League of Larcy. Everything else she tags on and her photography work is Legend of Larcy. Find and these her prices are actually
0: pretty good. Four dollars for
1: yeah, these little potions little that potions. say bitch That's and con- Pretty cool. <laughs> I love my little cunt potion. Yeah, these
0: are actually pretty good prices, too. So check it out.
1: Yeah, they're good. Check her out. She's great. And her photography is absolutely amazing. I I can't even believe, like, it just blows my mind. She's very talented. She's got so many admirers. She's got the juice. She's got the juice. Okay, back getting away from my family. (laughs) Let's pick up where we left off. I have a little bit left on kind of the disaster part of the Tohoku. And then we're going to get into the nuclear meltdown from the devastation nuclear go ahead
0: i hardly know her
1: (laughs) (laughs) and damn look at the sunset sorry oh oh shit shit. that's pretty as fuck So where we left off was after the tsunami, it was the night before when freezing temps were dropping and there is fires kind of spreading throughout the cities because when the tsunami came in, it destroyed all the propane tanks, oil tanks, some oil rigs. And when it spread the oil, people were doing fires in their homes and then it just started catching fire everywhere. It was just kind of a fucking mess. Right. It was getting messy. It was quick. very fucking <clears> messy. <throat> and at this point, missing people were actually like stacking up by the thousands. Nobody could find their family members. Shit. And the <clears> other <throat> problem that were, people were running into is there's no clear way to like report missing families. There was no like electricity. There was no like, I need to reach out to my town and say, hey, I'm missing Mima or Papa or whatever. Nobody could get any information out. So that's <clears> another <throat> reason why people were just like stacking up. Right. By the thousands, literally the thousands. So, fuck. So the following day, people survived the night, or they didn't. Unfortunately, um, six a.m. Helicopters were doing flyovers of Miyako, which I don't know where that is actually. Um, but when they're doing flyovers, um, they saw that water had infiltrated every aspect of the town, leaving no home standing. It was purely underwater. The water still hadn't receded yet. In Miyagi, also almost every single building was destroyed i think there ended up being one left but they were able well not one but at least for the little town homes those were done the skyscraper homes that were like or the apartment buildings are above i think five or six stories most of those were able to stand and that's how they were able to see people who had survived so they'd fly over and people were standing on the roofs and that's where they slept the entire night shit so, in the towns, there was no more electrical poles, obviously. If there's no houses, there's no electricity. There's no roads. There's absolutely nothing left. The only way for people to get rescued was through a visual on a roof through a helicopter patrol. Or you could hear them screaming from their houses. That's the only way people knew they were there. <laughs> Jesus. So, helicopters continued to fly around and they flew over to, de- over the, like the debris to get a count on, for people who needed help. They'd get a head count. They'd fly over... They would mark it and they'd create a map and then they would eventually come back and then rescue. Right. Most of these towns, you couldn't drive through or walk through because of the water. It hadn't receded yet. So when people heard the helicopters fly by, they would actually stick their arms out the windows in their heads and to hope to get spotted. Right. So I was watching some <clears throat> rescue footage and when you look down at debris, like, Imagine looking at this cute little grid. It's very structured. It's very equal. It's very like square. You can see if you someone sticks an arm out, it there's a contrast. Right. If you look down in a fucking disaster mess, how are you supposed to spot these people? Everything blends into each other. Shit's moving because there's water. It's like tidal. It's flowing. Right. And I remember watching like a footage of these, how well trained these helicopter people are. These pilots and these rescue operators, one guy literally stuck his arm out, did like a three wave, and they spotted him and counted him. Shit. And I was like, and they they didn't show you where the guy was. They're like, oh, there's a person right down there. And I was like, what the fuck? And I'm like pulling my laptop closer and I'm like, what the fuck? And then they like shadowed around it or whatever. And I was like, there's no way I would ever have seen that guy.
0: Right. Well, you're also looking at it through a screen and these are like highly trained professionals right too, so. but
1: it's it makes you wonder like did they miss people I probably mean, they
0: definitely did yeah probably the statistics i'm sure they missed like 15 percent or more
1: i can't i can't even imagine that imagine waving down
0: a helicopter and not getting helped like,
1: Right. fuck fuck shit um so a lot of these people who are in still in the flood zones um they had to use the basket to get them out and they would put two or three people in the basket, put them up in the helicopter, do two or three and then ship them out and right. bring them inland True. Um, to a kind of a safe, a safe zone. Yeah. Um, farther inland rescuers who were in non flooded areas were, they were trying to dig them out. Like those people, cause their buildings collapsed on top of them. So they were digging <clears> through <throat> like rubble instead of like in Ugh. the flooded zones, they were digging people out of like collapsed full buildings. Jesus there were so few rescuers that p- civilians who had survived were also helping dig. They didn't care. They're like, we have to get these people out of yeah. here.
0: Sure, yeah, absolutely.
1: Oh, okay, so another interesting <laughs> another interesting part of this was people who were actually stuck on roofs, they were actually okay. surveying the area around them, so they were looking down into buildings, into cars, and when rescue helicopters would drop a basket down, someone would go up. They would report to them and be like, Two people are stuck in a car, like a white sedan here. Two people are stuck in this house over here. Two people are stuck, blah, blah, blah. And they would give them a more detailed map of people who are still down below who are actually alive because they could see in through their windows and shit.
0: Right. And by and this also, time, like, the water's already, like...
1: Their their cars are floating. <laughs> so, Jesus. And again, if you watch the rescue footage, it's fucking crazy. But a lot of these cars were just floating. It wasn't deep enough to sink them, but just enough to keep them, like, going. Right. So I was like, holy shit. Damn. So 4:50 p.m. the following day, the conditions in shelters were getting much worse because <laughs> they were getting flooded with people. Food was super scarce, and there was no beds. Obviously, there's no running water. Mm-hmm. People essentially they were sleeping on floors and hallways, and same place they would use the bathroom and the floors on the hallways. And no one could eat anything. Children had first priority to food, and that by the time they were done with that, most people couldn't eat. Jesus. So, and uh, that same day at 4:52 p.m., the Fukushima power plant exploded. What the fuck? So another <laughs> nuclear meltdown. But that's that's later on. We'll finish oh up this God. and then we'll talk a lot about that. All right. So, <laughs> crazy. So, and these poor people. I know, right? So they go through a tsunami, they go through, well, they go through an earthquake, they go through a tsunami, they go through fires, they go through collapsed everything, and then they go through a nuclear meltdown.
0: damn crazy give them a break
1: i know by day three full-scale rescue operations (laughs) were in swing they had recruited in total across of all of japan fifty thousand people which sounds like a lot but that's for ground and aerial and that's not that many for japan you know the population of japan millions right they're
0: like one of the most densely packed populated places yeah
1: Luckily, at this point, they were able to bring in heavy equipment to clear debris and kind of create paths for those who are trapped and um, where the roads weren't accessible. Um, rescuers relied heavily on locals to actually report the missing victims, as we've kind of been discussing this whole time. A lot, of, it was. It's kind of funny. A lot of the times, the people who are on the roofs they actually bypass getting rescued. For the people who are in, like, more critical conditions below. They're like, we're comfortable up here. We're warm. We have kind of a little bit of shelter. We're okay. Go get grandma down there.
0: Right. Yeah, I'd do the same if I was, like, on top of a, like, parking garage or something. Right. I'm not in imminent danger. Right. We're
1: okay. We're out of the water. We're good. Right. But so day three, this was the highest day of successful rescues. After this, the rates, like, plummeted. After this, they didn't find very many more people. Fuck. Um, but luckily by about one o'clock on day three, emergency supplies and, um, food and water, fresh clean water was starting to show up at these shelters. So there was a little bit of like relief.
0: These shelters must be way inland, Japan.
1: They're all kind of all over. I think they, they created a lot of makeshift shelters, like in apartment buildings and stuff for people too. Sure. above the ground. But the, I think where you're thinking of is where people who are like helicopter evacuated they brought him inland and then went back right that so by the end of day three 18,000 people were missing or presumed dead jesus the words that survivors left for anyone who would experience this was escape higher and escape fa- farther that was like the quote that most people <clears throat> were like i wish we had done this And then on one interview, a guy said, I wish I would have taken this more seriously. I completely underestimated it. I was too careless, and that was my biggest regret. I got swept up and covered in dark mud. Couldn't see a thing. I crashed into pieces of wreckage. All I could do was shout desperately for help. Shit. And I'm like, I don't. This is a man who survived getting swept up in the tsunami, which was not very many people. So here's some stats for you. It is estimated that 58% of people in coastal towns who um, heard the warning immediately went to higher ground. Of those who attempted to evacuate, only 5% were swept in the tsunami. So 5% of that 58% who tried to go. Of the 42% that did not immediately seek higher ground, 49% of them were washed away. Over half. Holy fuck. So that's why you should take shit seriously.
0: Yeah, the ocean's no joke
1: no it's
0: literally like one of the most powerful forces on earth
1: right you don't want to fuck around you don't fuck with the ocean
0: even if you're like uh it doesn't look like it's that big like just don't get fucking near it you don't fuck with the
1: ocean and you don't fuck with tsunamis like even it so granted yes they severely under predicted this i don't care if it's six feet waves get the fuck out six foot
0: wave is pretty big when you're underneath it trying to fucking breathe if
1: you're below water (laughs) yeah no no thanks yeah um okay so what happened essentially after the tsunami kind of where we're at today and a little (laughs) bit before today 12 years later japan is actually still recovering they're working on raising the coastline 10 meters higher than the original earth height. It cost them roughly 235 billion, bill, be, billion, billion dollars. It remains the costliest natural disaster in the history of the world. <laughs> Shit. In Minami, there is one lone building that survived that is still standing to this day. They kind of utilize it as a monument.
0: It, it must be destroyed at this point.
1: It's not. No, <laughs> it's the one that survived.
0: Right, but it's like surely it doesn't have like an infrastructure anymore it
1: does it's like this random white like concrete building that's out of the blue oh shit and they're building around it it's interesting oh weird it was a a wedding venue and now it's kind of like just like i said like a reminder of like what happens when you don't take shit seriously yeah no doubt so by 2021 19,759 deaths were reported and 6,242 people were injured 2,553 people were missing or never accounted for. Obviously, the leading cause of death was drowning at 90.64% or 14,308 bodies. Burning deaths were at 0.9% or 145 bodies. And crush injuries was at 4.2% or 667 bodies.
0: Jesus. I wonder when they do those statistics, I wonder who's like pulling them and is like, this person is missing and they found them like the family found them you know oh it was little jimmy he escaped in like a trash can or something and then didn't report that information back to them and so they counted it as like a missing person you know what i mean
1: they so i picked the reason why i picked these stats was this is in 2021 <laughs> I didn't pick the stats right after the initial incident because they're going to be severely skewed because people, bodies are going to continue to show up. It sounds gross, but wash up to shore. People who are fishermen are going to be pulling people up. Sure. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So you picked them like after. I picked it
1: 2021. So literally, well, I don't know when in 2021. So average a year, year and a half ago, let's say.
0: Gotcha. Okay. That's fair.
1: So 65.8% of the deaths were people aged 60 and over. I found that kind of, like, s- super sad. That like, It is
0: sad. They can't move fast can't... enough.
1: No, they can't move fast enough. They can't get away. They just are like, I don't know what to do, and panic, and just... Or they're wheelchair-bound. They're disabled. Oh, awful. It, it really oh. fucking sucks.
0: I was at Goodwill yesterday. This is somewhat related.
1: Was there an earthquake?
0: No. I missed it. There was a tsunami. <laughs> no, just... Oh, my God, <laughs> Stop. No no. it was um, This little old lady in front of me And she was just pushing a cart And she was at the front Checking out when I walked in yeah. And by the time I got in line At the line with the thing that I wanted And checked out She was exiting the door Like I had already went in And bought a thing Went to the line, cashed out Completed my transaction And Did was walking help? out and she was just walking Out of the door
1: Did you help her?
0: No, she's just pushing a cart. She's just being slow. Yeah.
1: That's why it's so important to keep your body moving. Movement is medicine, people. She's just
0: really old.
1: Get your spine adjusted. Keep it mobile. Keep your body moving.
0: Okay, chiropractor.
1: Uh, It's the truth. It's the truth. It literally is. Go just come at me with the studies because I'll fucking pummel you <laughs> with them with how important go look at triathletes at age 60 compared to people who are sedentary at age 60
0: oh yeah big difference
1: big difference and that's an extreme but jesus just go to the gym two or three times a week keep your or body going go
0: for a walk something Anything. go just get, don't sit down get your spine
1: adjusted get your body and joints adjusted oh my god clap 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 oh my god <laughs> do it do it okay all right so going back to stats the tsunami produced so much waste that five million tons washed up on the west coast of the u.s in 2011 alone from it
0: on the u.s the united states that took a fucking uh voyage
1: (laughs) a very big voyage 15 ports along japan were able to recover and reopen fairly quickly Um, rolling blackouts began on March 14th from power shortages and two nuclear facilities were down, which we're about to talk about. 4.4 million people were without power, though this number was reduced to about 250,000 by March 21st, 2011. It's
0: pretty good. Pretty good. A
1: 220,000 barrel per day oil refinery was set on fire by the earthquake. Another contributor. Hold on. What year did you just say? I didn't say a year. I said a... What?
0: Didn't you just say 2019.
1: I said two hundred fifty thousand by March twenty first, twenty
0: eleven. A two hundred oh, I thought yes. you said twenty nineteen. I'm so sorry.
1: No, a two hundred twenty thousand barrel per day oil refinery was set on fire by the earthquake. Fuck. At the time of the the earthquake. Shit. It took ten days to extinguish it, leading to six injuries and full destruction of all the storage tank. One of the major contributors to the fires because the oil was leaking out and spreading. Sure. Then another 145,000 barrel per day refinery was set fire. But to contain this one, it only took about three days. Damn. And that's all I have on the Tohoku.
0: The Tohoku?
1: The Tohoku. Now we're going to transition into the nuclear meltdown in Fukushima. Which is, woo, I could do another like six part series on this, but I controlled my, six my urges. Six part series. <laughs> I controlled my urges and I kept it to like very just like informal, well, informational, not informal, informational, like what you need to know. Right. What less, happened. What happened. Here we go. The guff. Right. So obviously a direct um, result from the earthquake and then the tsunami. But this was the most severe nuclear accident since Chernobyl
0: imagine being in japan and being like we have a earthquake issue and you're like ah it's just an earthquake it's like well now it's a tsunami you're like fuck damn double whammy what could be worse (laughs) and then fucking
1: nuclear fucking a nuclear meltdown of the power plant that's so bad so, this again, this was the most severe nuclear accident since Chernobyl, a level 5 on the International Nuclear Event Scale. What's, what
0: do you, what's the scale out of? Do
1: you want to know what the scale's out of?
0: 1 out of 6? 5.
1: <laughs> so face Chernobyl, right now, I wish so I could tr- take a picture. So
0: Chernobyl was 5 too
1: then? Chernobyl was a 5, correct. Right. They didn't invent the scale back then, but looking back, yes, Chernobyl well, was a 5. Well, you
0: said it's the next...
1: The most severe nuclear most severe accident sense. since Chernobyl, so yes.
0: Would you say, personally, after knowing what, what you I know, know now, about it, would do you think it's comparable or worse or better? Not better, obviously. I but-
1: think Chernobyl was so much worse because Japan is isolated. Yes, there's fucking billions of people or whatever, millions, excuse me. But Chernobyl spread countrywide.
0: Oh, shit, yeah. The nuclear
1: radiation exposure was significant. And then we knew a lot more about nuclear radiation and nuclear reactors in 2011 than we did in 1986. Okay, so let's get into it. So (laughs) the Daiichi nuclear power plant in Fukushima is one of 25 largest nuclear power stations in the world. It's a GE-designed plant, that was constructed and run by Tokyo Electric Power Company, which is TEPCO for short. TEPCO. Sure. This plant provides power to every single home in Tokyo. There are six total reactor units. Reactor Unit One was constructed in July of 1967 and commenced operation in March 26, 1971. Reactor Two went into operation 1974. Reactor Three uh, was in March 1976. Units 2 and 3 were designed to withstand higher level earthquakes with um great peak acceler- or great peak ground acceleration values versus unit 1 which was kind of like less um less technologically advanced. So they d- they put one in <laughs> and they didn't prepare for like an earthquake stable nuclear reactor and then they did that with units 2, 3 and then also 4, 5 and 6. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, If you want more information on how nuclear reactors work, nuclear fission, go listen to the Chernobyl. We go in pretty fucking three
0: episodes, three
1: episodes deep on that and actually pretty good on the the science side of it, too. So (laughs) definitely Um, if you have listened to the Chernobyl episodes, you probably have the question of are these RBMK reactor types like the ones in Chernobyl that were easily melted down? And the answer is no, they're not. Interesting so
0: also the uh clean futures fund uh eric episode he goes into a lot of the uh, power plant he information does. there too he
1: d- <clears throat> yeah he goes into he talks a little bit about chernobyl and the plant. i don't know if he goes into the super y on the nuclear fission aspect, not really but,
0: but he he touches on it
1: yeah that's a really good episode too that was a lot of fun he's a cool guy miss you eric <laughs> <laughs> okay, so these are actually what they call BWR-3 reactor and that's for unit 1 and then BWR-4s for the rest, which is 2 through 6.
0: Do you know what the difference is?
1: I don't. Um I know with the RBMK reactors they did fix the fatal that flaw with um oh, the lead tips on the control rods. I think right. it's lead. This one doesn't not have lead tips i think it's just honestly just a better it's like version GE versus samsung right okay. or samsung versus whirlpool i think it's just a different type of reactor right very similar i, I have um let me see i have a schematic of it oh and they look kind of similar oh that's the the units
0: oh yeah look at that
1: But they look very... We should post this on the Instagram. We will. That's why I saved them. Oh, shit! I will post them for you.
0: Hell yeah. So, yeah, look at the Instagram. You'll see some of these schematics. They still
1: have the core, and they still have... Well, the control rods aren't visualized here, but the control rods would go bloop, bloop, bloop. Bloop, bloop, bloop. bloop. that. Yeah. Dope. I don't know the difference. I didn't want to go down the rabbit hole. That's fair. Okay. Please
0: explain nuclear fusion to me. Like... (laughs) (laughs) And it went one podcast. Go. Right.
1: All right. Unit one has a passive cooling system called an isolation condenser. It's a series of pipes that run from the core to a cooling tank with the valves, you know, essentially to open. Right. Steam flows to the isolation condenser where cool water condenses and then I'm sorry, condenses the steam back to the water and then runs that back to the reactor core. When the I.C. gets flooded by water, the valves actually clog and cannot flow properly, and you can't have a circulatory <laughs> system. Dumb. Okay, gotcha. These valves cannot be opened by a computer, but they do have the ability to be opened manually under a shutdown. So that's good. Unfo- good feature. Unfortunately, after this, it doesn't make a difference. Oh, so well, this is for never- unit one. In one. <laughs> the other ones have a more um, intelligent cooling system that can be controlled by computers so so approximately 50 minutes after the earthquake the plant was hit with a 15 meter or almost 50 foot wave after the essentially the
0: shit what is it right on the fucking coast yeah fuck that's not a great place to put that
1: well it needs to be on water it's not like directly on but it's just slightly inland on a river so
0: oh it needs okay
1: yeah Upon detecting the earthquake, the nuclear reactors 1 through 3 automatically shut down their fission reactions with the insertion of the control rods, also known as a SCRAM protocol. That's the same thing with RBMKs. I just never labeled it. So, you insert the control rods, it's supposed to slow down the nuclear fission process (laughs) enough to where it's not producing steam, heat, and energy. Temporarily.
0: They did this during the the earthquake or the tsunami they did it
1: after this um after the tsunami because it got hit with a 50-foot wave so they had the earthquake it was okay and then they got hit with the wave and they're like oh fuck so (laughs) oh shit um but they also most of these reactors actually will um do the scram protocol when they detect high enough um ground g-forces per se
0: Oh, so, like, if the earthquake is, like, boom, is enough. it'll just be, like, Woof. it'll do it. Okay, gotcha. So. <clears throat> That's interesting.
1: The problem with this, if they shut the reactor down, unless the cooling is restored, the control rods, they insert, but then they start to d- to generate kind of a decay heat. So it slows the processes down, but it's still producing steam and energy, per se. And unfortunately, the more heat that's produced from the control rods, it triggers a fission to continue because now it's heated back up and it's just a perpetual cycle of positive energy. Keep going and keep going, keep going.
0: I like that nuclear uh, power is, like, so good that it's, like, hard to control. Well, yeah. So when you build these plants and you're like, yeah, it's good enough, but then disaster strikes and you're like, shut it off! And they're like, we can't! Right, literally, (laughs) fuck. It's like, fuck.
1: Um... Yeah, so the seismic tolerance for the reactors is actually p- 0.45 um, and 0.46, just kind of a random-ass fact that I slapped in there for some reason. Um, like oh, difference. sorry, these are G-forces from the seismic tolerance. Okay, so, <laughs> fucking, let me clarify. So the seismic tolerance for the reactors mm-hmm. is a G-force of 0.46 and 0.4. Earth, I guess it's a window between 0.45 and 0.46.
0: So anything below 0.45 would be considered... You're fine. You're They're fine. not going to shut down. But every, anything over 0.46 is... that's. When... It's going to shut down. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. The earthquake that was hit produced G-forces from 0.52 to 0.56.
0: Uh, so just above the threshold.
1: Correct. But luckily, on this day, Units 4, 5, and 6 were not operational, and they were go- undergoing um, routine inspections, so they were shut down, essentially. Thank God. Right. Immediately after the earthquake, the electrical supply was decimated, as we all know, taking out all power to the reactors. Again, if we don't have power, we can't co- cool the system, and we can't protect the core of the units. And the fission, nuclear fission continues to occur, allowing the temperatures to continue to rise rapidly, even in scram mode. When the tsunami hit, it flooded the lower part of the reactor buildings in units 1 through 4. This did not allow the emergency diesel generators and the backup emergency generators to turn on. No cooling measures were able to be were able to be implemented for them. And obviously we know it's super crucial for the core to be cooled.
0: Right. It's snowing.
1: I think. That units 1 through 5 had double backup generators. And Unit Six had three, a triple backup generator.
0: Damn.
1: Luckily for the plants, um, the tsunami did not damage two of the three generators on Unit Six, so Unit Six was safe. Six hours of the, after the tsunami, an emergency press meeting was called. It was stated that they do not, or they have not been successful at getting power to the emergency <laughs> reactor cooling system, with minimal hope of getting it back online due to lack of electricity, poor road conditions, and the flooded basement. At 9.23 p.m., an emergency evacuation zone had been issued with a 3-kilometer radius. They warned residents that is, as of right now... And this is on day one, 9.23 p.m., day one of the earthquake. <sighs> Shit. And tsunami. Um, I just want to clarify that. No nuclear-reactive materials have been leaked, and it's simply a safety precaution. They also stated that residents within 3 to 10 kilometers of the plant must remain indoors. Two hours later, they extended the evacuation <laughs> to a 10-kilometer radius... And they had to evacuate over 40,000 people inland and away from the power plant through the shitty conditions.
0: Damn. Well, yeah. If they weren't already getting away from it. Already. Right. To Get the fuck away from it.
1: <laughs> By 4 p.m. on day two, workers still struggled to supply power to the cooling system. Unit 1 hit its threshold and experienced a hydrogen explosion, causing a smoke cloud rising from the reactor. Shit. Yeah, yeah. It melted down. A hydrogen explosion, for those who don't know, is from the oxidation of zirconium when in contact with the steam, creating a massive amount of hydrogen. Right. The pressurized gas gets vented off to the upper floor via what is what they want because they want to take pressure off of the reactor. And then it's released to ambient air. But okay. when it's con- when hydrogen is constantly released to air, it can create a um, an explosive concentration limit if i remember correctly causing a massive massive explosion when it hits a threshold on its own on its own the explosion occurred Fuck. in the upper containment building built it is built to blow its top in the event of a hydrogen explosion in a controlled manner so it like blows open and snaps open in a certain way unfortunately the explosion of unit 1 destroyed the upper part the entire upper part of the building and it injured five people only five. Only five.
0: It's probably the only five that were working there. <laughs> right.
1: So now this triggered an evacuation of a 20-kilometer radius, and now over 80,000 people had to be evacuated from the area as fast as possible because Unit 1 was going and the other units are rising, which is 2 and 3. So by day 3, March 14th, yeah, I guess, yeah, on day 3, Reactor 3 had a hydrogen explosion. Shit! It's even worse. <laughs> yeah, so another reactor blew up. It injured 11 people and, again, blew off its upper roof and, again, destroyed the upper part of that building above it. Day 4, March 15th, there was a final explosion, in not in Reactor 2, in Reactor 4. And I'll tell you why.
0: Wasn't that the one that shut off?
1: It was, but oh. it was triggered by the transfer of hydrogen from Reactor 3 as they shared pipes, and the fire on the roof of the building connected to them to the other reactors when we post on instagram you'll see that reactors one through four are on the same building five and six are separate and three and four shared pipes (laughs) okay as we found with chernobyl the fire can't be extinguished due to the high radiation exposure in the now exposed core shit the final explosion initiated a core meltdown of units one three four and then started affecting two as well because it was right next to both of them Damn. by march 16th unit one's core had a predicted 70 percent of its fuel melted unit two actually started melting down and had 33 percent of its core melted as well but it didn't have a hydrogen explosion associated with it It is predicted that the core from Unit 3 is damaged, but the percent of meltdown is actually unknown. They weren't able to determine it. It was kind of more minor.
0: Hmm. When you say meltdown...
1: It explodes, and so you have reactor fuel, which is uranium. It melts, and it creates this hot metal fucking liquid, and then it it basically burns down through everything into the ground. Got too hot. Basically. Yes, way too hot. Yeah. And then it burns through everything. It's not contained anymore. So when yeah. you have a meltdown, it's going through all the containment processes it has in place, implemented. Right.
0: right. Do you ever do that experiment, like high school or college, where they mix two metals? I think it's magnesium and something, and it burns straight through a um, like flower pot? Do you ever no. do that? Oh. Never mind
1: not surprised clay is fucking it's, that's what flower pots are they're like clay
0: yeah, but it's like sand and clay yeah and then they they mix these two chemicals and it just it just pours straight through it
1: oh you mean like through the hole in the bottom of the pot
0: no there's no hole oh it gosh. burns straight through everything it's like that hot
1: yeah that's probably so i'm, I'm assuming comparable. that's what it's like that. yes yeah it, 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 it burns through oh, everything because it's not contained it. anymore right um, it is suspected that the fuel that is sitting on the bottom of the primary containment vessel because in case of a meltdown, they do have backup measures to like contain the fuel in mm. levels that's contained by concrete. Um, they don't necessarily know how much is down there because they're not able to go down and necessarily measure it. But in 2013, upon testing the fuel in Unit 1, it stopped at a depth of 2 feet and 4 inches in the concrete. Jesus. But the concrete pad underneath to contain it was twenty five feet thick, twenty five feet thick. Damn. So they had plenty she of gear. thick.
0: Yeah, no doubt.
1: The, the problem was was the fuel also spread. It kind of spread outward, and on the edges it wasn't as thick, and it burnt through almost all of that. I couldn't find the width on it, but it came within one foot of getting out through the edge.
0: Shit! It's like they put enough depth, but didn't really consider like a spillage like that. Right. Yeah.
1: Right, with enough volume to go up the walls and then out the side. Goddamn. By April 16, 2011, TEPCO declared that the cooling systems for Units 1 through 4 were actually beyond physical repair and they had to shut down.
0: Right. this supplies power to everyone.
1: Everyone in Tokyo.
0: Was there anything working? No. Jesus.
1: Not in this reactor. They had to reroute power to... um,
0: Oh, but they were able to do that.
1: Yes, because there's not. this isn't the only power plant in Tokyo.
0: Well, yeah, I was, that in, was going to be my next question. Because you're like, it supplies power to everything. I'm like, shit, they're fucked. Right. They, have they were Becca. able
1: to reroute, so. Okay. Um, so luckily, because it was contained, they were able to put a little bit of time in get their shit together. So in 2017, a robot was sent in and was able to visualize the meltdown of Unit Three for the first time. They found that significant amount of fuel was released and started pulling below the reactors as we suspected, mostly noted in Unit One, much less in Units Two and Three, and Four didn't um, what did not burn down fully through. And they were also estimated in 2017 the fuel was cooled sufficiently. Hmm. There was a measured exposure of 80 sieverts per hour or 8.5, or I'm sorry, 8,574.8 Ronkin per hour. For reminders, a chest x-ray is a Ronkin exposure of 0.01. <sighs> and the top of Chernobyl expanded from 5,000 to 12,000 Ronkin per hour exposure.
0: And you're not supposed to get checks, chest x rays like once a year. Once a year. More than once a but year. But
1: that 0.01 is a split second.
0: Right. It's so a not phew.
1: per hour. So times that per type 60 per hour. So you're looking, you know. God but damn. It's still A lot.
0: you able to see your bones.
1: Mm hmm. They deployed reactor specialists to test for radiation contamination on patrons and started getting grasp on the actual exposure. Unfortunately, radioactive water was found as early as April 2011. Shit. I know. A frozen soil barrier was constructed to prevent further contamination of seepage and to control everything, basically.
0: Uh
1: October 2019, 1.17 million cubic meters of contaminated water was stored in the plant that they had basically harvested from exposure. It's currently being treated for radionuclides and then discharged to the sea only 28% has been purified but no matter what they do tritium <laughs> or known as hydrogen 3 formed by interactions from hydrogen gases and cosmic rays is still going to be in that water uh, in the the discharged treated water per se
0: Jesus Nor- normally attributed to cosmic rays or
1: it's just um, I don't know I when I looked up I was like I've never heard of hydrogen 3 So when I looked up, I was like, what the fuck is that? And they're like, well, it can be created from a nuclear meltdown or basically hydrogen exposed to cosmic radiation. Yeah, okay. So in space is where they found it.
0: Yeah, it's probably where we discovered it was like in space or something.
1: We can also produce it artificially from like lithium metals, but that's the only other thing I found about it.
0: Right. Well, that makes sense.
1: Though there were no direct deaths from the explosion or nuclear meltdown, there were 1,600 non-radiation-related deaths from the immediate evacuation. 2012, a screening program found that more than one-third of the children in Fukushima have abnormal growths in their thyroid glands. Sure. By 2015, there was 137 cases of thyroid cancers or early detection of cancer. Shit. To this day, the plant is decommissioned. And they still continue to work on purifying the water and containing the core.
0: God damn. It's rough.
1: That's rough. (laughs) And that's it. So. Well. (laughs) So. uh, Not as devastating devastating, as as Chernobyl was. We knew a lot more and we predicted for a lot more.
0: It sounds like they did all they could with what they had. Which is good. Because that could have been very bad very quickly.
1: It could have been. It could have been a huge natural disaster. But luckily, we learned our fucking lesson with Chernobyl. Right. And we figured it out. So.
0: Damn. I I really wish, because nuclear power is very powerful. I really wish we didn't have all these fucking natural disasters and shit that happen with them. Because I feel like the world would be running off nuclear.
1: Right, we should be, but we cannot control it properly, so we can't get our shit together. We will, eventually.
0: Like, don't... I mean, other than Chernobyl, because Chernobyl is actually a pretty good place to put a nuclear power plant, in my opinion. Right. Don't put a nuclear power plant next to the ocean. (laughs) Like, don't put it... On a fault line, don't put one in in California. If we were like, oh, let's build a nuclear power plant in California, I'd be like, you guys are fucking stupid.
1: I don't think that's probably why they haven't, because San Andreas. Right. That would be a cool episode to talk about that fault line.
0: The San that Andreas is, fault line.
1: Yeah, so active, so much going on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Dope.
1: Dope. Okay, well, enjoy part two, everybody. Yeah, that was good. Sorry, so late. Figure it out we got there we got there with
0: your help as the listener <clears throat> keeping us going
1: keeping us alive hey. go follow us on instagram at starman's podcast
0: and click the link in the description at starman's for all of our links tiktok instagram gmail whatever you want to do it's there we just ordered stickers by the way for ourselves you should order stickers for yourselves
1: Put slap those on the water bottle. Give yourself hydrated. They're
0: pretty cheap, and they're uh, they look pretty good. They
1: look pretty good. Pretty fucking good.
0: So yeah, check it out, and we'll see you in the next episode, which I can tease a little bit if you want.
1: Do it. Well, yeah. Duh. We're
0: gonna be talking about what? Do, how do I say this without spoiling it? We're gonna be talking about something the, different. The afterlife. Sure the afterlife that's fair and what we what we know about the afterlife sure hell yeah
1: hell yeah
0: hell yeah brother yeah all
1: right bye okay bye